Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. I work with people who want something better in their life. So it always surprises me that people want goals but don't have a model for it. So I'm regularly encouraging clients and other people that I work with to go and find someone to mimic. Find a model, copy it, paste it into your life so that you can mimic the strategies of other people. Hey, Matt. Got a question for you. When you hear the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, what do you think? Hmm. Hmm. Keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, we have family named Jones, so it, it kind of makes me think of keeping up with certain family members. But I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what the phrase means. It means like the family down the street or the family in town that have the new car or the cool house or the new pool or whatever, the designer dog. We all got to have one dog. of those. We all got to have one. The new designer dogs. That's right. Right. So you, you think of this idea of trying to keep up with with people who are maintaining this um, this lifestyle. Yeah, they got stuff that's cool, that looks cool, and we want it. So I recently interviewed in another podcast, Sarah Falau. So Sarah wrote a book called The Next Millionaire Next Door. And what she does, what her research does is it looks at common traits of millionaires or financially successful people. And uh, she's trying to isolate those traits so that other people can emulate those, those traits. One of the traits is something she calls social indifference, meaning that you're not influenced by what others are doing, right? So the fancy car, the, the designer dog, you're not necessarily influenced to go out and copy what your, what your neighbors are doing. So essentially, financially successful people are not trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm, mm-hmm. I hear that. Now, so like, I, I think I remember a story about uh, a very wealthy business owner driving an old vehicle, for instance, because the old vehicle was still working great. It didn't need to be replaced. And the, the wealthy person didn't need, there were no Joneses to keep up with for him. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We are, I guess, uh, intrigued by, expensive and, and fancy things, particularly in like our, our social media world where we see people curate the coolest things that they have yeah, via pictures on Instagram or on Facebook. And it makes us want to want those things. I guess as humans, it's things that, I don't know, we're, we're, we're tempted. We want, we want what other people have. And the problem is if we're mm-hmm. comparing ourselves or, or trying to copy people who have different means than us, then we're not going to be able to keep up. Or the flip side, they really can't even afford what they're buying themselves. Yeah. We have no idea what's happening in other people's bank accounts often. So recently read an article, and this is interesting. So it's going to put this idea of keeping up with the Joneses a little bit on its side. But this article basically said to be successful, not particularly financially, but success in creating new habits. It actually says that we should emulate people. In fact, this group of researchers, they call it the copy paste prompt, 
right? The copy paste problem. We copy paste things all day long on the computer. Um, but the idea is that um, we're copying traits or characteristics or habits, behaviors of people who have successfully done or accomplished behaviors that we want to, to implement in our own life. And we paste those into our own life. Yeah. Cool. So a different kind of keeping up with the Joneses. In this sense, the Joneses aren't buying stuff. They are living a life, accomplishing things that you want to emulate. And so you, to keep up with the Joneses in this sense is, is to emulate really excellent or successful qualities, admirable qualities of others. Yeah, because if we keep up with the Joneses in the traditional sense, it's going to get us into a lot of, a lot of problems, right? Um, so if it's from a financial standpoint and we don't have the funds to to support the things that we're buying, man, we get into debt. Because oftentimes the, the quote unquote Joneses, whoever, whoever they are, the Joneses are oftentimes uh, not saving. They're oftentimes uh, going into debt to make the purchases. And if that's what we're trying to keep up with, that's, that's a losing battle. Eventually, eventually we're going to have to pay. Uh, so it's something that uh, uh, is unsustainable. And, and in your field, I imagine this is something that, that comes across, um, that you come across regularly is when you are unable to pay when the bill comes due, I got to imagine that that has some impact on relationships. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Uh, overspending people who, or, or families or couples who overspend or one of them overspend certainly impacts the rest of the family. Uh, uh, just in this in this time when people are struggling financially, uh, it's a time uh, it, it's a time when families get into conflict about overspending and and not uh, managing their their finances as prudently or wisely as as you would have them. Yeah, and what's interesting is I wonder I wonder if if this idea has less to do with. You know, people having not having the skills necessarily to manage money better, but has more to do with just the psychology of of having to buy things or having to, I don't know, match what your neighbor has, right? The psychology of, I know sometimes we might buy things we because we want to flaunt, or some people may want to flaunt their wealth or or the idea of of being wealthy. Yeah. Or. There's a, you know, a lot of people get a lot of joy out of buying things. And so it, keeping up with the Joneses can also just be that rush of buying something new. So Matt, whether we're talking about finances or exercising behaviors or even relationships, we, we know that in the context of keeping up with the Joneses is typically a negative thing. And what I like about this idea of the copy paste prompt, it's, it's in a positive light. So let's chat a little bit about in your space, in your in your field, when it comes to counseling, how do you see how do you see this being successful? Yeah, you know, uh, I work with people all the time who want something better in their life, who want something different in their life. Uh, for instance, let's 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 take a couple that wants to improve their marriage. So it always surprises me how frequently I'll ask somebody. Do you know someone who has the kind of marriage that you want or the kind of relationship that you want? And people will kind of look at the floor and look around the room and then say, not yet, not really, not really. I didn't grow up with anybody 
who had the kind of relationship that that we want. And so it always surprises me that people want goals, some they they want to achieve something but don't have a model for it and don't know where to go find that model. So I'm regularly encouraging clients and other people that I work with to go go out and find someone to mimic. And that's that's really what the copy paste prompt is all about is find a find a model copy it paste it into your life so that you can mimic the strategies you can mimic those life hacks of other people and and so i do see that in my field a lot i I like this metaphor i use a metaphor of of think about a goal out there that you want to run toward maybe it's we want to be um, more happily married maybe it's uh, we want to buy a boat go back to keeping up with the Joneses. Maybe it's we want to save $10,000 in our bank account, or maybe it's um, I want to become a licensed counselor, as many of my students do. So pick a goal and run toward that goal. This is the metaphor I like to use, the imagery of running toward the goal. And then if you're running hard, look around you. And the people that are running around you, befriend them. That's your, that's your networking peer group. That's the group of people that you want to um, commiserate with, essentially. And as you're running toward the goal and you're looking around you and you see people around you, now look back and see people who are behind you. And those are the people that you can help offer a hand to. But as you're doing all of that, look ahead. Look down the road toward the goal. And the people that are ahead of you Ask them if, if you can, if they can mentor you. Those are the folks that, that, that are ahead of you down the road toward your goal that you can copy and paste, that you can mimic their strategies, that you really can emulate. So I, I like that imagery as a way to help people think about where to find uh, these, these models or mentors. So when we think about mentors... You know, it, it's such a big word. We think, oh my goodness, we got to find the perfect person, a person who's got life all figured out. That's our mentor. That's not it at all. Nobody's got life all figured out. We just want to find somebody a little bit further down the road toward our goal and ask them to mentor us in that pursuit. So they don't have to have all of life figured out. They just, ha- they have the next like mile figured out. They, they have something that we want. They've accomplished something that we're trying to attain. Yeah, And sometimes even a simple question of, I'm going to bring it back to exercise, just because I think it's something that we can all relate to, right? You know, those people who, who wake up every morning and go work out, like what's yeah. their motivation? Sometimes the simple question of, Hey, Hey Matt, what, what motivates you to get, I have the hardest time getting up to go work out. How do you do it? What motivates you? Yeah. So asking questions, not about their life philosophy or, or, uh, you know, their, their worldview, but just what motivates you to get up and work out in the morning? So you're, you're finding out that one small narrow life hack and borrowing that from them, pasting that into your life. Yeah. So again, back to bring it back to relationships, you know, you could argue with your, with your spouse regularly and you have friends who just seem, they always seem to get together asking that question. Hey, what is it that, what's the secret? What's something that you do that, that allows y'all to, to maybe in a tense situation, 
not let it explode because we have a tendency to to get angry and say words that we regret later. And it could be something that it could be a simple trick, right? A simple hack that, that they're doing. It's the same thing with, with money, your analogy of running a race, you know, financial planning starts with, um, a picture of where you want to be, where you want to be in five years or where you want to be in one year, five years, 10 years, take your pick. And then it starts with a, with a, uh, um, the reality of where you are, like, where am I? I want to be here but I'm really here. And then what are the next steps to start moving you towards that goal? Mm -hmm. Um, and if your goal is to uh, save more or to spend less, then you have to number one, uh, maybe, maybe you need to remove yourself from certain situations that cause you to spend. Mm -hmm. And that may be, Hey, there may be people in my life that cause me to spend more and maybe I need to limit my exposure to those people and surround myself maybe with people who are, who are, um, more frugal, right. Or, or, uh, less who spend less. So surround my, maybe this sounds kind of harsh, but sometimes it might be like finding a new friend. Yeah. Looking for a new group of, of people to spend the majority of my time with. Right, right. I was recently uh, contacted by a friend who was buying a, a home for the first time and had, you know, obviously never purchased a home before and so didn't know all of the details. And so he just he just asked me a couple of very specific questions about the home buying process as he was going through the process. And it's not that I'm his mentor in life or anything like that, but it, it's I have been through this process before. So I was able to, you know, with some level of experience or expertise, answer his questions for him. It sounds it sounds kind of simple and kind of obvious as we're talking about this. It just sounds like, oh, of course, right? Like find someone who's who's done it before. Find someone who's been successful at it. But sometimes I think there's a disconnect in actually us actually implementing that and us actually doing that. Yeah, and, and in particular... In our homes and relationships, we're not we're not likely to ask other people how they do it. Like your example earlier of, you know, when y'all are arguing or when it's starting to get tense, how do you keep it from blowing up? I never hear my friends ask those kind of questions. You know, I'm a I'm a family therapist, and it's rare that I that any of my friends ask me stuff about relationships. Why? Why? Why is it? Why is it? Is it shame? Is it? embarrassment is it we, we you know we don't want to be that vulnerable in general well maybe it's me maybe they don't want to ask me i don't know but and it, no i think you're on to something i think there is a kind of a block there about asking others for help in those kind of really personal intimate um aspects of our life um when 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 I became a parent, it didn't occur to me to go to somebody and go, how do you parent? You know, I might ask something very specific, like, um, you know, how do you cut their nails or how do you change a diaper or, or how much it's medicine? It's the hardest thing to do, by the way, cutting a baby's nails. Yes, it is. And it is, right. it is the worst feeling when you actually cut the cut. finger and not just the nail. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. How do you cut? So, so people know tips and tricks on nail cutting for babies, but we rarely ask each other those kind of questions. For some reason in our homes, 
in our families, we try to figure that, figure all this stuff out. I'd like to right. even see like the Google searches for relationship advice I, or, or Yahoo searches or uh, YouTube searches. I wonder if there are YouTube videos out there for relationship advice. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's tips on how to cut your kid's fingernails. So I'm sure there's tips on how to uh, relationship um, relationship advice. But if you think about the idea of keeping up with the Joneses, it's almost like you're trying to portray a particular image, right? It's kind of like um, and some stuff I was reading was you know kind of tying it back to the animal brain, like humans, like the same way peacocks flash their fancy tails and lions, you know, have their manes and. You know, humans, we flash our fancy our fancy stuff. That's the way we, we flaunt our wealth. If we're trying to put on a, 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 a show of some sort, then by asking somebody for help basically says, yeah. I don't know. I don't have it. I don't know how to do it. So maybe there's a little bit of, of, of that going on there where I don't want to admit that I don't know how to do this. Matt, I don't yeah. want to admit to you that my wife and I get into arguments. So I'm not going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the anti flaunting essentially. So if, if, if keeping up the, with the Joneses and buying stuff is a way to kind of peacock around, then asking like, Oof, how do you do this thing is the, is kind of the antithesis of that. So certainly I hear where you're, you're going with that. You know, when, when um, my wife and I be, uh, were first married we had some some dear friends. I, we we met them and became fast friends. And they had a little baby, like a few month old baby. And so we spent the next three years really living in close contact with this other couple and their baby. And we got to watch, like we had front row seats to some of the best parenting on the planet. And without without realizing it, they were day in day out instructing us on how to be parents now would we have ever asked for that no because that's probably like you're saying too vulnerable but in in the way that happenstance worked or whatever it was that worked we got a front row seat and they this couple has several children and they are still some of the best parents that i've ever been around and and now people will uh, at times compliment our parenting and ask us about our parenting, but we know the secret that it came from this other couple. So yeah. it, it was, you know, for generations, things like parenting and marriage were passed down generation by generation by modeling, by cut, copy, and paste. And we've gotten away from that to some extent as we're living further and further away from our homes. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, think something that's really important is um, taking time to get clear on what we want, to get clear on our own values. We're, we're so bombarded with images um, from other people's values. We hear stories about information is so accessible to us these yeah. days that I think it's really important that you sit down and say, "Okay, no, what what's important to me? Yeah, uh, what's important to me? Not what's important to my neighbor. Not what's important to." society in general of what's important to me. Is it important for me to have an expensive car? Is it important for me to save for retirement? Is it important for me to go on fancy vacations or is it good enough for me just to go to the Gulf coast and hang out at the beach so I can save more for my kid's college? 
it's really sitting down and saying, okay, let's prioritize from a financial standpoint. Uh, what, what are my values? And then from there, creating a plan around that. It's no, I guess it's no different in the relationship. And, and then a step further would be, and then finding somebody who's doing something very similar and hang out with them. Yeah. And it could be an acquaintance. It could be a friend. Yeah. Right. It could be a coworker. It just could be someone again that you identify who's doing it well. And there is no shame. And I know so many people who do this in so many different fields where they actually hire a coach or they hire a mentor. These are people who've done it. They've done it successfully. Um, and I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to submit in a sense to, to their experience. Yeah. It, there's kind of a, the idea of, do you find a peer or do you find a pro? Uh, when you're, when you're thinking about finding a model, someone to, to emulate, do you find a peer or do you find a pro? And there are, pardon the pun, but pros and cons to both. There, there are benefits for it to being a peer, meaning you're, you're probably more likely to um, be more vulnerable, be more open, kind of bounce all your ideas off of them. But with a pro, some people find that there's more accountability with a pro. There's something about having to go to that person who you're not so connected to uh, and having to report on your, your progress or success. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a both a both and. And and I'd like to say a little bit more about that when you're trying to find a model, who do you pick? I like to reference the book about habits by Gretchen Rubin that's entitled Better Than Before, great book about building habits and in in the book there's a chapter on accountability. And in the chapter on accountability, she talks a lot about various models that people have used over the years and and one is um, a, a pro, finding a pro, a coach, mm-hmm. um, who actually knows this stuff and knows how to do it. So kind of back to that example of, of um, uh, buying a house and the process of buying a house. I mean, there's things about buying a house that you don't know until you've done it. So no, no sense in asking your buddy who's never done it either. There's no way that y'all are just going to kind of imagine and reason yourself through the process of buying a house. You need a pro. You need somebody who's been down that road before. People hire you, Eric, because you're a pro. And they need, uh, you know, when I, want, when I wanted to know the difference between um, uh, whole life insurance or term life insurance, I can Google that and read a f- couple of things. But when I ask you your, your, your pro ideas about that, I get even more nuanced uh, understandings and explanations of those those details. So sometimes it's really important to just pay a little money and find a pro as a, as a copy and paste model. Another kind of, of, of copy and paste um, group that people have used over the years are these, are are community groups or groups. This is what uh, support groups are all about. AA is built on the, gr- the the community model that you're going to come in and report how you're doing and the group's always going to be there to support you. The group will always be there. Um, and sometimes it's really important for people to find a group and that the group kind of models the the behavior together. So if the if the behavior is 
exercise, some people really find that having an exercise group is the most effective way for them to engage in that activity. Do you know anything yeah. about are there group finance applications, group uh, group saving savings groups? Uh, yeah, I mean there 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 there's you know there's some Facebook groups out there that anyone can join. You know, some churches or communities will offer some you know Dave Ramsey type courses in, in a group setting, and all that's um, all that's good. Again, you're 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 trying to find you know you're you're in a group of people who all want the same goal. I want to get out of debt, so I'm in a room full of people who want to get get out of debt being taught by someone who presumably has done it before. So I want to copy and paste those behaviors that are going to get me out of debt, right? Yeah. Spend less, uh, whatever, whatever other behaviors come through. So, um, so yeah, there's, I guess there are those, those groups, but you can start your own, right? There's, yeah. there's no harm in starting your own. You know, I, I'm a member of uh, of a mastermind group for business owners where we get around, we, we get together and we trade business ideas or we present business problems to each other. Um, and I get to see how others have solved those problems as a financial advisor. I'm in a couple groups with other financial advisors and financial planners. So we get to, we get to present, uh, different scenarios, um, that maybe our clients are facing and Hey, how would you approach this? So you, yeah. you get to you get to see what others have done, and I've always appreciated in your industry, um, you know, as a as a as a professor um, teaching teaching you counselors, y'all have a ma your your students have a massive amount of of required hours to be under uh, an apprenticeship, if you will, or supervision. Right. Yeah, counseling training today is much like blacksmithing was at some point in history where you really learn it by doing it. So you, you take a bunch of classes uh, which provide the foundational knowledge, but then you go and do the work under the supervision, the close supervision of a, of a, of a licensed professional, presumably an expert in the field. And so uh, there really is a copy-paste mentality to that. In fact, I've had... Um, lots and lots and lots of students over the years that have come to me kind of on the side and wanted to ask me questions about my training, my work, my practice, uh, my business. Um, I met with a student a week ago about starting a private practice and how to do that. Um, I have a, a, a student that I'm, I'm still in contact with that used to talk about her, her therapy goals. And one of her therapy goals was to become a an approved supervisor. I'm an approved supervisor. And she wanted to become that. And, and like two weeks ago, she emailed me to say, Hey, it's happening. I'm applying for that approved supervisor position. So her therapy goals are, are, are coming to fruition because she's modeling and she's copying, pasting what she wants. She sees somebody a little bit further down the road and asking them for support. Yes. Yeah, so I got, I got a question because as, as we're about to wrap up here, I'm curious from your perspective, your your insight on this. So a lot of the the principles of copy and paste, they're obvious, right? If I want to get better at being a business owner, I'm going to try to surround myself with successful business owners. Uh, I think there's maybe some areas of our life where we're a little bit less willing to be to be vulnerable in, but by putting a name to to this, like copying the copy paste prompt, 
does it psychologically, does it do something for me that I put a name on a process or put a name on something to be able to understand it, to, to be more successful at implementing it? So let's say it is finances. I do want to get better at managing my finances and I've got a lot of respect for this friend who seems to have it all together. Oh, I'm going to copy and paste what they're doing and I'm going to maybe see if they're willing to answer some questions. Does that help by putting a name to this? Yeah, I think it, it, it helps in a couple of ways. I think it normalizes uh, this idea that, that modeling is typical. It, modeling is, has been used forever and, and will be used forever. So it's normal to do. It's kind of abnormal not to do it in a way. It, so first it normalizes it, but it also legitimizes that feeling, that urge that you've been feeling to find a mentor or find a model. It legitimizes it by giving it a name. It makes it okay to go out and do it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel so, uh, so unusual or weird. It's yeah. A, yeah. I think psychologically, emotionally, those are, um, ways in which we, uh, can, can engage in this process and feel better about it while we're doing it. Very cool. Very cool. So if you want to improve your finances or your diet or your exercise habits, or uh, most importantly, your relationships, find people who are doing what you want, that they're doing it well, and mimic them. And you'll have uh, a better chance of having success. Matt, thanks for your time this morning, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Relationship goals. Relationship goals. Hey, invest in your relationships. You will never regret it. Eric Garcia's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.